Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. Yes, indeed. We're going to let you know exactly where you need to be, what you need to do and what is hot and happening in your garden spaces because there's all kinds of wonderful things coming up as Carrie yes. Goodwin from Life is a Garden is going to tell us about. It's just as you said, all happening in the garden at the moment. Whether you're in the garden, at the garden centers, just driving around, everything is in bloom. It's full of color and always oh, makes me so excited. <laughs> I love it when, when um, you know, you drive around, you know that people have been driving around looking at the streets because when mm. the kapok trees are in flower, they all come in wanting to buy kapok trees. <laughs> Bougainvilliers are looking fantastic. Thank you. They just want Bougainvilliers everywhere. And the bigger, the better and the more colorful. And people are like, what color can I put in my garden in sun? I'm like, well, what color do you like? Because yeah. there's so much available. I think that's what it is. And as you're saying, with the bigger and people are trying to be bold this summer. You know, I was even talking to one of the growers and they were saying overseas, we look for, they look for pastel colors. Yes. So there's one of the pelargoniums and they call it a hot pink. But to me, it's a pastel pink. I said, this is not hot pink at all. He said, overseas, it's a hot cellar because it's a pastel pink. He said, in South Africa, we look for bright pinks and bold oranges and, mm. you know, those type of things, which are just abundant when you're driving around. Even the jacarandas are looking beautiful with all their blossoms. Mm. And those who haven't started studying it, I always remember, we had to start studying while the blossoms of the jacaranda were out. Otherwise, it's going to be a tough exam time. I'm going to have to point that out <laughs> to my children. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> Actually, even when we talk about like studying and stuff, I remember going to sit outside and study in the garden. And I think that's a space that you could create for your kids. When Life is a Garden this month, they're talking about getting your garden ready for the festivities later on in December. Mm. But they're talking about go into your garden and discover what you can see. Where's the light? What is the sun doing? Where's the shady? So you find the right plants to put in the right place in your spaces. Mm. Absolutely. Being out in the garden at this time of the year, I, I do tend to think that October is the best month of the year. Oh, and everything's smelling so beautiful. Oh. So <laughs> they've got this whole thing with creating a vision board. I'm not quite the vision person. I'm very random and haphazard. And I see that smaller gardens for me are really quite a challenge because I get frustrated that I'm running out of space. And so then I dig out a plant that's looking really nice to put in another one that's looking even better. But they're saying to you, go and walk through your garden mm. and then go into the garden center and then say, these are the colors that I like. So when you were talking about the Bougainvilliers, I mean, we are spoiled for choice. There's at least six, even uh, there's more. There's a new dusky pink. Oh, that's a beautiful color one. Oh, it my goodness. It is amazing, you know, and I hadn't really seen it before. And so you don't have to have the traditional Magnifica purples. I mean, I was saying to the grower, please just give me different stuff, not the yellows and the oranges. The pinks and the apple blossom with that touch of purple, um, touch of pink with the white. So I quite like the bicolors. I'm a very bicolor mm. person and People a very gated saying, foliage. Is there something wrong with this plant? Why has it got two different colors? Because it's, there's the one with the red and the pink in it. Mm, tropical. Oh, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I also think what's interesting is how their different ones grow. So like the tropical, I think it's quite an aggressive grower because I had a neighbor whose tropical bougainvillea basically took over the whole wall. Mm. And then I had another customer come in and say to me, Oh no, ours is growing very, very slowly. Mm. But I think it has to go with how you care for your plants. Like, are you giving it enough water? Oh, but hang on a second. There are people who come in and say, I've got two bougainvilleas, they're right next to each other. They're getting exactly the same attention. The one's growing and the other one isn't. Why? I said, well, do you have children? They say, yeah. I said, are they the same? <laughs> like, no. I said, well, there's your answer then. <laughs> it's very, very true. And also, I think even the slight light differences in certain plants can actually affect their growth habits. Mm. And then, you know, bougainvilleas, the biggest mistake that people make when they plant them is that they disturb the roots. Yeah. 
those plants just want to be put in the ground like as they are don't disturb their roots don't take that fork and dig around them that's why they have those little spikies it's like leave me alone yeah yeah. And that's when they grow their best. It's when you start fiddling and faffing with them, then they think, oh, you know, they're not a high-maintenance plant. We mm. have high-maintenance plants, and we have low-maintenance plants. And we these can just are low-maintenance plants. We'll just call all of them Melanie. <laughs> 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 Why so, not? Yeah. But that is the thing. I mean, and, and we are going to have some clever clogs who's going to come up to us and say, by the way, you do know that the colored things on those bougainvilleas are not flowers. Yes, we do know yes. that. We, we know they're modified bracts. But just for the mm. people who want to know what we're talking about, well, yeah. we call them flowers. But the little yes. white thing in the middle is the flower. We do know that. <laughs> so, the fragrance of the gardenias. Oh, they're all in bud and flowering. Mm. And I mean, they're competing against the star jasmine, which mm. is still also flowering and looking amazing. And um, Life as a Garden suggested, you know, you go and put some lights in your garden. I had to go and put fairy lights in my garden so I can find my cats at night because they're but, hiding away from me. But fairy lights are fantastic. I mean, mm. I just think a garden without fairy lights is not a decent night garden. You've got mm. to have fairy lights. Yeah. Not those big bright lights, floodlights. No. Twink, twinkly little things, you know, to enhance the stars as you sit outside yes. and enjoy the outdoors. I was going to say, I find that especially in the evenings now, you're often watering because of the water restrictions mm. that we're having. So, you know, we tend to be enjoying our garden either very early in the morning at sunrise, which is always looking magnificent at mm -hmm. the moment. The sunrises are truly splendid. Or late in the evenings when we actually are gardening by night, moonlight. People get horrified is. when they say you have to get up at half past five to water your garden because I'd say do it in the morning rather than the evening. I They're know. like, but we'll do it when we get home from work because then it's also nice and cooling. I said, yeah, but then there's a possibility of getting quite a lot of fungus in the garden. Which is very, very true. Yeah. So... It would be ideal. In the ideal world, you wake up early. I know every now and again, I'm trying to watch these YouTube videos on what to do when you wake up at five in the morning to give you the energy you need for the day. There's a time <laughs> called five o'clock in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> what I'm really enjoying when I do wake up at that time is all the bird calls in the garden. So the birds are twittering and they're kind of saying to me, you know, it is time to get up and start watering, make sure our food is full. So it's not only the cats that I'm having to worry about, but the birds are way more demanding. And the more customers I speak to, they're saying the same things, you know, mm. those luries are almost tapping on their window to say, where's my banana and apple? You promised it to me yesterday. And where is it now? So I think it's quite exciting when you do wake up so early that your garden is alive mm. and you don't have that buzz of the traffic and all the other things that come Just the buzz throughout of the, the day. Yes, yeah. And the buzz of the mouse birds as they go around your garden plucking all the blossoms off. And the succulents. Oh my you goodness, know, we've had a lot things. of people recently who are saying they really want to put succulents in their garden because they're so beautiful and they're water-wise, but the mouse birds love the succulents. Yep. They like the juiciness that comes with I think for them it's like a tender steak, having <laughs> I mean, a succulent in their mouth yep. rather than They're something else. my echeveria and I thought I had a problem with my bunnies doing that. So mm. you know, bunnies went to go and live on a party farm and now I've got the wild birds doing the same thing. Yeah, well, I, I think that's what a lot of customers think. Like when we first had it, we were like, no, it must be rats or as you said, bunnies or scrub hairs that are in mm. the gardens. And now we know it is the mouse birds. So keep your eye open for them. But they're also a welcome addition to a garden. You know, they come in, maybe do a little bit of damage and then fly away. They're quite noisy as well. <laughs> they're that's a lot the, of fun. They're that's so sweet. the alarm call that you have. <laughs> so. Yeah, the alarm call. Where's my shotgun? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, you do know no. that that was a joke. All yeah, right. I do. But it's really exciting. And whenever we get to October, I immediately start mm -hmm. thinking about garden day. 
your memories on your, your Facebook feed come up from a couple of years back of what you were doing. And I remember you and I did yes. uh, one a couple of years ago where I was walking around in a green dress wearing a flower crown. Yeah. And it was with a little bee, a Swarovski bee. Yes, we gave it as a yes. prize. Yeah. So this year, they're saying go into your garden centers and have a look for the Garden Day poster. And most of the garden centers would have done a display with a Garden Day poster. Take a photo of it, stick it on Instagram and say, look at me, I'm getting ready for Garden Day. Because Garden Day is all about enjoying the garden that you have. Mm. If you don't have a garden, go to a garden center. I'm sure they're going to put out like teas and juices and waters and stuff well, for I you. Hope so. To enjoy the garden that maybe you could have potentially. But it's, I, I love the, when they talk about it, it's like sitting in your garden and sipping wine or having rooibos tea. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> Thinking, like, Roy Boy's tea, are you crazy? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I like the wine idea or champagne even better. Oh, Prosecco, which I know that they're doing at the Gardens of St. Christopher as part of the entrance fee. You get a glass of Prosecco and a nice little wrap and oh, either nice. coffee or ice cream. Oh, which yeah. I mean, have you, have, you've obviously been to mm. Gardens of St. Christopher. I mean, they are absolutely glorious. That also came up on my Facebook feed. Mm. And I went about five years ago with my children. And yeah. it is beautiful, fairly eclectic in different parts because there's that wonderful jardinier in the Pottager Garden. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking different language. The, yeah, French, <laughs> the French, the French garden, the Pottager Garden, and a lovely rose arbor, and then of course that huge lake with the mm. the well, pond with the lilies and really shady areas. I mean, it's just absolutely glorious. I was going to say, I always love the different rock minerals mm. that they have. So they have huge rose quartz mm. that the garden then forms a shape around it and how they've used that as almost artwork within the garden. Whereas you get gardens like this last weekend, there was the garden at uh, Malikatoni was open. Oh, the best garden in the world ever. And so he's used different things like the customers were saying to us, oh, did you see this heron up, you know, above mm. his entrance? And then did you see this here? And did you see this here? But he follows the, the whole theme comes from the color cobalt. That yes. goes the whole way around the cobalt blue boat, which is sitting on the dam, mm. the cobalt blue gates and the door that as you come into that outdoor cathedral, the cobalt yes. blue tiling in the little Roman Greco yes. like, grotto that he's created from yeah. the old dam. And also the tiling around the potager and the orchard that yes. he has. Our, it is the most exquisite garden. And, and if people didn't yeah. make it after, you're going to have to wait for a couple of years <laughs> for that to open again. And I, can't, I always tell people, mm. go. Mm. It's worth every single cent that you spend. Yeah. No, it's, and it always all goes to a good cause anyway. So yeah, I think all, charities, you know, yeah. all these open gardens that we're talking about now are raising money for good causes. So keep have a look at the Gardens of, gardens of the Golden City. Yeah, dot Coza. Yeah, And you can see or visit your local garden center and they have brochures there because coming up within the next few weeks, there's your, your actually a feast of places to go and visit. Mm. And the Beechwood Garden is also open towards, I think, the end of the month. I know they're also having the open day at Bullstratov with the trials. Yes, that's plants in, I think, the first week of November. Second week, second or week, second of, week November, of November. second week of November, yeah. What I'm also seeing is a lot of people maybe don't have garden spaces. They have balconies or that type of thing. So they're using the opportunity to go and visit a garden, an open garden, as an outing. And they're taking their families and their kids and their picnic mm. baskets. And that's also what the gardens are open for, to show people the joy that plants can bring them in an open space because maybe we aren't all privileged enough to have beautiful open spaces with lots of plants. But they do a lot of interesting things at the open gardens as well that you can take home, even if you still, as you said, only have a balcony or a mm. small veranda or something like that that you can work with. Because you can, you can encapsulate what people have done and thought, well, I really like that. How can I make that work with what I have? Yeah. And most of the time you can. 
So I think um, we're going to be talking about hanging baskets and balcony gardening mm. a little bit later. But there are lots of ideas, like you say, that you can pick up. And at the one garden, uh, the Johannesburg Open Garden, which was about two weeks ago, they they had the most beautiful evolvulus or convolvulus oh, hanging over the, the wall. The blue, yes. Oh. So it looks like a water feature basically because it's just tumbling down over the walls. So what you're going to be able to do now is take that element that you saw in this huge garden and then put it into your hanging basket. Yeah. And I'm oh, I'm so excited. So there's lots to talk about that we can see. How do we make these hanging baskets? And as you say, I love that word encapsulate. Mm. What we see in bigger gardens and the smaller gardens that we might be having at home. But then you also, before we started talking mm. now, we were talking about a beautiful, beautiful house, fabulous architecture, beautiful dog. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the garden? <laughs> well, you know, I think that's when people use the environment around them. So have they have this wilderness felt environment. Mm. But I miss the greenery of plants within your home or on your balcony. I don't understand how... Somebody can have no green. They're so what did they have? Beautiful swimming pool. Yeah. Beautiful design that looked out onto the whole of Johannesburg. Yes. So, I mean, the architecture and the vision that they saw, they saw everybody else's beautiful gardens. Yes. So why did they need their own? I mean, it was all glass. So okay. you looked out from the bedroom or the kitchen or the entertaining area onto the trees, the forest that is Johannesburg. Yes. And it was incredible. But if you, it was nighttime and there were lights, there was nothing, like we're talking about fairy lights. Yes. They would have seen the fairy lights of the city. But they have no the, garden. No garden. They didn't really have a space. It drops down quite yes. a lot. So that's where you see the felt and then a few aloes in the felt. But, you know, aloes aren't doing anything now. So <laughs> there are some summer flowering aloes, Carrie. Yeah. Come on, let's be honest about that. But I, I just think... Green is a color and we often forget about it or we, we, we take it for granted maybe that it's around everywhere. Well, I have a green garden. Occasionally and some color will come through, but trust me, my garden is green. My walls are green. Green is the color of my true love's hair. No, I'm joking. <laughs> my blood is green. <laughs> Everything's green. So, but that's, that's, I think, what I was missing. Maybe also because we haven't had a lot of rain yet. Mm. So we had this earthy, you know, the modern architecture today has a lot of concrete in it. And we'd gone from these lovely rich walls of different tones and beautiful green lawns and the blues and the purples and the whites of the original garden into a very modern architecture, beautifully designed house, a swimming pool that was formed the patio type of thing. Yeah. And no plants. <laughs> it was like a horror story for me. <laughs> well, there, there are some success stories when it comes to gardening. Um, oh, we were talking lovely. about talking about. Um, Things that are good in gardens. And only I, I just remember going once to judge some gardens and there was this, I quite enjoyed it. It was like an outdoor entertainment area with a double story made of polystyrene, this new kind of technique and, and construction method. Yeah. And there was a lady from FNB who was judging with me and she was just looking at this and going, Yes, this is very nice, but where is the garden? <laughs> and I, I didn't have an answer. So, well, there's like this, there's about six flowers around here, but where's the garden? This, I can't judge this as a garden. But I think that's where architecture and gardens, you know, that's probably why you have landscape ar architects now. So they see the vision of both together. Mm. And, you know, we each have what the garden is in the eye of the beholder. So it could be a planted up container. I mean, I see so many more people putting plants in their homes. Mm. We had somebody yesterday, he bought four plants. He says, it's addictive. I can't stop. I just keep no. adding more and more plants. And so I'm really excited. We have another customer who came in. I might have mentioned her last time though, where she looked at one of our anthuriums. Mm. And she said to me, is it real? 
Yes. And I said, yes. And she said, oh, does that mean I have to water it? <laughs> no, so, tell her to go to Mr. Price or somewhere and go and buy some of the flake flowers. So say that, but <laughs> I've done that with my kids because they just kill so many plants eventually. I just said, no, I'm just buying you the plastic ones because we can just wash them off every now and then. And also we have some people who actually, they just love their plants so much that even the succulents, we had another customer this last weekend. They watered we, them too much. She just watered them too much and they turned to mush. And I'm saying, you know, your garden needs you, but really not as much as you're giving yeah. it attention. So I think, you know, gardening is a very personal thing. And what I love about gardeners throughout the world is they love to share, whether it's they're sharing plants, they're sharing seeds, they're sharing knowledge. And it could just be one plant that is your favorite and you want to pass it on to everybody else or it could be your whole garden that you open up for the garden like any of these open gardens that we're talking about mm. i mean i think that's what mike from Malikotani and the others do you know they just want to share the beauty that they see in their garden and so you could just be driving down the road i think i love what actually even the new pavement gardens that are becoming mm. quite fashionable so many people are putting grasses Onto their pavements. It's it, so it exciting. It's disconcerting when you're driving, though. I suddenly found myself almost on the pavement the other day. I was looking at a tree and thought, oh, that's really pretty. And oh, my goodness, where's the road? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, my team really doesn't like driving with me <laughs> <laughs> because I'm trying to watch for the taxis, but actually, I'm really just looking at all the beautiful yeah. things that are around. But and that makes it quite a challenge. It's lovely to get into a car with somebody with somebody else's driving. And I yes. then get to see plants. But let's talk about a really nice success story, something which is not a horror show. Yeah. Um, a little while ago, I was spoke to Anya Tashner from Didvik's Roses mm. about the Thule Melancella Rose, which they were launching, which is a beautiful rose. Mm. And I know it's been received quite well. And the launch was magnificent and really superb. And what I love is what she said when she received the rose. I'm going to read it to you. It says, the rose is misleading. It looks fragile, but that is the beauty of it. The strength of the rose lies in what you cannot see. In the same way, the strength of a woman lies in what you cannot see. And I just think, wow. You know, that's not only to me depicting a rose and a woman, mm. but it also depicts plants. Like if you think of trees, the strength of the tree actually lies in its roots. Yeah, the hidden part of the tree. Yes, yeah. I mean, and what, the world. Exactly. And it's providing so many, like a niche for different bugs and bacteria and fungus and air, as you say, a whole different life yeah. under the ground. And when we look at some of the plants, and I think it's very important for us to remind all the listeners now that your plant's strength is coming from the ground, hence the program's name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't have good composted soil and you don't feed your plants and look after them and just make sure they have good ground mm. in which they're growing, then they're never going to be able to provide for you the beauty that you would hope that they would have. Mm. And so I think this to me was just, I read it and I thought, Wow, not only is she a magnificent person, she now has a beautiful rose named after her. And I feel she herself is just going to go from strength to strength and the rose epitomizes who she is as a person. Mm. There's so, another rose that's also just come out. Yes, so the Hannon rose is, um, Hannon is a glam guru. And so um, his rose has just been released recently. Mm. And it's also another pink rose, beautiful big blooms. And again, I think it represents the person that he is. He's flamboyant and wonderful and joyous and everything about life is magnificent. Mm -hmm. And so that's what his rose is, is kind of saying to me, look at me, I'm magnificent and I need to be in your garden or in your vase because I'm going to bring you lots of joy. 
So mm-hmm. it's quite exciting. I love all these roses and what they get named after yeah. and the people they're named after. I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I know that I mean, it costs quite a lot of money to have the rose named. Mm. And I mean, does somebody else pay for it to happen or do they pay for it? Or does the rose grower decide to do it themselves? I think it goes both ways, many ways, actually. Mm. Um, we have one of our customers and she's had a, a rose named after the lady who helps in her home. Mm. She said, this lady is so important and done so much wonderful things in her home. It's called the Gloria Rose. And so she feels, I think it's a light pink one. She said, you know, I didn't want to name it after me or after something. This lady is epitome of all the people in South Africa who help each other, help those people who maybe they're not with their family all the time, they're with their other family. Mm. And so she said, you know, that's what I felt was when I was choosing a rose. I thought, I'm going to name it the Gloria Rose after this person. So I think you have some people like that who are just generous in spirit Mm. and they see a beautiful person and she might not be famous, but she's important to her and actually what she represents to other people in South Africa. Mm. And so I, oh, gives me goosebumps when I think about that, you know. Okay, but then who was Joey? (laughs) Because just Joey is my favorite Rose. I don't know who Joey is. I'm thinking that was before Roses even got named. You think that, so? Yeah, probably in the 1900s or something when it was just named after the person who found it or yeah. who cross-pollinated them to get that original beautiful big yellow fragrant rose. Oh, yeah, fantastic fragrant rose. If I ever had a rose done for me, it's got to be really the most amazing smell, like Papa Melant, something that kind of smell, that fresh lemony kind of smell, not an old, heavy, cloying, <laughs> rosy smell. <laughs> so, but October is Rose Month. Mm. So when you're walking around, whether it's be the gardens, the gardens of the Golden City, your guard, local garden centre, you know, and roses, I think, are very, very versatile. So we have what's actually quite, I love the different trends that people are going through. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people who now are using roses as climbers. So they're creating those beautiful pergolas. Yes. And I want to say the mystery, the, I can't think of the word, but I'm imagining a beautiful kind of like a cottage garden, mm. secret garden. with these, Yes, those type of things. I think maybe some of the gardens are going back into those type of era where you, your gardens are smaller, but you have beautiful pathways yeah. made of different things. And you're kind of dividing your garden up into different spaces which either you could enjoy or family members can enjoy. And so it is becoming a beautiful thing. The climbers are doing really well at the moment. Oh, of course, you should see country. mine. I've got golden bunny. I mean, this thing's completely mad. <laughs> one, it comes out like a slight orange and then it turns more yellow and then it goes kind of a very pinky color on the end. Oh, it's beautiful. huge. It's, it's like about 12 feet up in the air, yeah. reaching higher and higher. It's just incredible. But yeah. you're right. People are coming in and saying, we don't have much space. We, mm-hmm. you know, can we train it up a wall as well? Yeah. And so it's a case of trying to find which roses would be best for that, though. Yeah. So Ludwig was writing in his newsletter this month about Blossom Magic, mm. which he describes as a lazy rose. So it's a very good climber, very strong climber. But it, so because it climbs so strong, and then it blooms up at the top. And then if you don't go up and get on a ladder and cut the blooms when they're finished, then it kind of thinks, well, I'm no, done. I, yeah, I really. And I thought that's so cool. I love it when you have a, the rose has a personality. I like the idea but that I, plants have personalities. I don't want a rose that blooms up the top. I want the rose that blooms at head height because otherwise you can't see it. You can't appreciate it as much. But if you prune it properly, maybe it's going to be multi-stemmed and have blooms going mm. all the way up. But it's, he says, you know, unless you go up to the top there and cut off those top blooms, there, then it's, it just going to, it's just going to be like, oh, dear, I'll just carry on growing, cover your arch or your arbor, whatever it might be, and then look beautiful and green. 
yeah. until next year. <laughs> <laughs> like jasmine, which flowers just for a little while and then it's just green. Yeah, but it, as I said, there's lots of really strong, you know, I also often think of the David Austin roses mm, as strong, fragrant, climbing mm. roses. But I mean, there's now, Ludwig's has also bought out, and I'm going to get the name wrong, the Bruce Fordyce rose. The Fordyce rose is one of them. Why are you going so to get that name? That, what's wrong with no, the name? The, the, the type of rose that it is. They're called, I want to say Antica like powerful Moderna? rose. No? No. It's like a powerful rose or a, it, it. Rep, like Bruce Fordyce represents it, so it goes fast. So, so it's they're not rose called climbing. Party animal. Like <laughs> <laughs> drinking a lot. I'm, I'm going to get of myself water? into a very deep hole here. It grows fast and has very strong stems. Stamina roses. Stamina That's rose. what they call. <laughs> so there's well done, quite a few yeah. stamina roses, mm-hmm. and then the other one that he spoke about, which I also thought was quite nice, another one that people know is called purple glow. Oh, purple glow is gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, so he decided to say this is, it's an eco-chic rose. Mm-hmm. It's the rose of the month. And so he was just saying how beautiful it is, a mass flowering and flowers on a candelabra, he said. Okay. And I like the description. I think, wow. I, you know, when I went on the bus tour last year, then spiced coffee was the rose of the oh, I also smells fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So that was what I had to go and get last year. Now this year I'm thinking, okay, purple glow it is gonna be. <laughs> oh, where are we gonna find all the space? I think you know it's gonna have to go and get allotments somewhere and grow stuff. Yeah. No, exactly. Or put them in containers. Roses do really, really well in containers as long as you water them properly. Yeah. And I would always mulch. Yeah. You know, mulch at the moment, everything. Just mulch absolutely everything. People are saying we're going to, we're going to buy lots of plants and plant them. And I'm like, well, it hasn't rained, okay, in Johannesburg. Mm. So do me a favor, fill up the hole with water first, let the water drain away, then plant your plant, and then water it well, and then mulch, 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 mulch. Yes. That's it, done. So I was going to say, I'm busy waiting for the rain. Before, before I can go planting. and put my no, before I can go and put my mulch everywhere, thinking, okay, so please let it rain, please let it rain. <laughs> so but I can go and put it's the not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like the idea, and I've noticed that a lot in the gardens at the moment is the people are using living mulch. Mm. So there's never any soil exposed because they've got beautiful ground covers. That's which just are the actually blew my mind. Yes. It's one of the best ground covers as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And even the rigoron, and they're yes. using succulents as mulch. So. I mean, I don't think your garden should, your soil should really be exposed. No. There's so, there shouldn't be soil exposed because there's so many options to well, cover it. You know, when you're first getting your garden established, yeah. obviously you can't plant like you would a show garden and cover everything mm. up because plants obviously need room to kind of grow. Yeah. But talking about minimal room for things yes, to grow, yeah, yeah. hanging baskets, oh, big again. Very, very big. Especially people in small spaces. Yeah. And I think what I'm so excited about now is there's so many mediums that you can add, like coir, water-saving granules to your baskets mm. so that they pampers. don't become... <laughs> it was a good tip. Somebody said, line your basket with pampers. Oh my God. Okay, I've never heard that one, but I do like it. I think it's going to be a very good tip. Yep. Um, to keep your baskets moist because people perceive them as high maintenance mm. because you have to water them often and then your plants don't look good and you need to feed them because you've got them in a confined space. But there are also so many plants now that are adapted. So Life as a Garden has a whole list of, like you were talking about, the Evolvulus, yeah. the Calibrocha. Oh, Calibrochas are fantastic. And then, of course, yes. Petunias. But some people come and say we don't like Petunias. Can we put in the um, Lobularia? Yeah, Lobularia is a really good yeah. one. The Lotus is looking, you know, for a very oh, water-wise one. 
you know, so if you're going more succulents, you've got Oscar deltoides. So there's lots Oscar of Oscar deltoides. It's a Oscularia deltoides. It's a succulent that will hang over with a tiny little pink flower. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, like a little square yes. succulent. So I think, you know, go and visit your local garden centers and see. You, everything can go into a basket as well. Well, or go, or go on to lifeisagarden.co.za <laughs> yes. because all of the information that you need will be there as well. Yeah, for sure. Anything that we haven't talked about will be there. Yeah, and so, they have a wonderful newsletter that goes out. So and if don't you want forget ideas, garden day. Get out, get your flower crowns on. Get out yes. into the garden. Go to somebody's garden if you don't have a garden, or just go to a garden centre and just go and hang out. Mm. Surround yourself with plants. Surround yourself with beauty and loveliness. Mm. Great, <laughs> thank you so much, Carrie. We'll catch up with you again next month. And uh, thank you in, very much. In interim, the rest of you, well, get out, have some fun in the garden, and above all, stay grounded. Bye bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.